0: Welcome to East Nashville Now, episode number 15. At the time of this recording, the weather is a balmy 70 degrees outside with no chance whatsoever of a white Christmas here in Nashville. But that's all right, friends, because December is almost always a great time to get out and do some work in the yard. Mmm, 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 but it's good to be warm in Nashville. Welcome to East Nashville Now, the podcast about the people and the places that make East Nashville great. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. We're two East Nashvilleians who love talking with people and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Longtime listeners, thank you once again for joining us here. And new listeners, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy it. On today's show, I am very pleased to finally have with me here in the Treehouse studio, Kim Hussey Ross, the owner of Hempopotamus, one of my very favorite little shops here in East Nashville. In this episode, Kim and I talk about the good news that hemp can now be grown by farmers legally here in Tennessee and elsewhere in the U.S. We talk a bit about the history of hemp and a future that looks bright for this miracle plant. We also talk about Kim's own creations, from her hemp based skincare products and hair care products to her handmade jewelry and other unique creations that are available right here in East Nashville at Hempopotamus. Listeners, I am thrilled to welcome to the Treehouse Studio, someone I have wanted to have on the show for a very long time, and I finally convinced her to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and give a warm, warm welcome for the one and only Kim Hussey-Ross, the owner of Hempopotamus. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. It's great to have you here. So you are the owner of one of my favorite little shops here in East Nashville. I guess they're in the Fatherland Shops or Shops on Fatherland? The Shops
1: on Fatherland at 11th and Fatherland, yep.
0: The shop is Hempopotamus. You have products in there that are related to hemp. Can you tell us about your products?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of products made of hemp. That was the original idea behind the store. Um, It was before hemp had been legalized to grow in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, I was between careers. I'd stopped teaching. I knew I needed to do something um, have an agriculture background And I'm interested in sustainability So uh, hemp seemed like the thing to do raise awareness about it um, And hopefully get it legalized it was and now we can grow it in Tennessee, which is great Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not what you asked my (laughs) products There are lots of different ways to use hemp Um, hemp is used for its fiber Mm -hmm. its seed for food The seed also to make oil, which is used for industrial purposes and is also a culinary oil. It's very, very good for you. Hmm. Uh, Very high in uh, omega fatty acids.
0: Nice. You gave me a few products and I really, really, really appreciate it. Listeners, Kim came over to be on the show and I actually had some Guinness for her because she told me she likes Guinness. I don't normally drink and do the show here but we're drinking some guinness she brought over some flax crackers they're unbaked delicious flax crackers i think there's hemp in them too right yeah there's
1: hemp in hemp
0: and flax and uh some delicious cheese what kind of cheese is that
1: it's a goat cheese
0: it's a goat cheese you gotta love those goats god bless the goats god bless those goats (laughs) and uh let's see so yeah the other one flax the crackers flax and hemp you know it's funny it reminds me of ford Made his flax and hemp car. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Right? I do. He took a baseball. I mean, we weren't there, but <laughs> we remember. Yeah, I, don't,
1: it. <laughs> I remember hearing about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. He took a baseball bat to it and hit it really hard to prove that the body of it, which was not made out of steel, which everybody was using at the time, of course, but it was made out of plant-based plastics, and he had perfected it to such an extent that he really believed that he could build a car, and many parts of it would be made from these things that farmers would grow it would help out the farmers and i think he referred to it as a car that would be grown from the ground or something like that
1: Mm -hmm. definitely before his time in that regard and they're still using i think mercedes or bmw i'd have to look it up are building their door panels with hemp oh wow um yeah whether that's the hemp plastic or a fiberglass product that they're also making from hemp i'm not entirely sure but
0: Wow. There's so much history that we don't know about. Kim was nice enough to bring me some of the products that she makes. One is a shampoo, one is a conditioner, and one is a, what's the other one? Body wash. Oh, body wash. Right, right, right. I normally use a bar of soap, but the body wash is fantastic. The conditioner, I had not used conditioner in probably since high school, and I thought, ah, conditioner. For whatever's left of my hair, I'll try it. But It really felt good. I mean, I really love the shampoo, and I really love the conditioner, and I just think your products are fantastic. I have to ask, how do you start, and without telling us all the secret proprietary ingredients, what are in those, just basically, like, how does someone even start doing that?
1: Well, hmm, you have to be a person who likes to experiment with things and make things. I've been doing that for years. Um, I used to make soap with my goat's milk when I had a goat farm. Just experiment. I like anything I use on my body to be as natural as possible, certainly to have no petroleum products in it no detergents. um, Mm -hmm. I like things to be scented with essential oils when at all possible. So that's the kind of products that I make.
0: Yeah, I just have no idea how someone would start doing that. Seems like alchemy to me. But anyway, the products smell really good and they feel really good and they seem to work really well. Uh, Now tell us a little bit more about some of the other things that you offer. Tell us about CBD Mm. oil. Most people don't even know what that is. And I was actually surprised when I saw that in your store that it could be sold in Tennessee. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of confusion about CBD and about the medicinal products that come from cannabis. So there's a wide spectrum of what are called cannabinoids in cannabis. Uh, the famous and popular one that we all know about is THC, mm-hmm. and that is what is found in marijuana, and that's the psychoactive cannabinoid that gets you high. Um, industrial hemp by its nature is very very low in THC um, and has to be.
0: So low in fact that you could smoke as much as you wanted to and you would never get high.
1: Right, you'd get a terrible headache mm -hmm, and probably die from smoke inhalation before you ever (laughs) got high. Um, So in industrial hemp the CBD levels are very high. CBD is another cannabinoid. There's about 60 cannabinoids that have been identified um, and there are probably more but they just haven't found them yet. Uh, CBD and THC are the most predominant ones. So both THC and CBD have medicinal qualities. They've been studied for their effects on a range of different illnesses mm-hmm. and and problems that people have. CBD is known, uh, has shown a lot of promise for its effect against seizures. It's an anti-inflammatory. Uh, it's an anti-anxiety remedy. And has also just started to show promise in reducing the metastasis of certain kinds of cancer cells, Mm. which is very exciting.
0: That is exciting. You know, for me, I have kind of like early arthritis in my hands and uh, bone spurs in my neck, all kinds of exciting things that uh, if people wonder why I walk around sometimes a little bit grumpy, it's because it hurts, man. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) so yeah, the CBD oil and the CBD that's smokable, I've never tried any of that, but... uh, I would like to get my hands on some of the CBD hemp that is grown, the buds that you can smoke that do not get you high but that do relieve the pain. They are showing whether you're smoking it um, or using the patch, which they have patches, transdermal or pills, and then people, of course, use the oil to make all kinds of things, but they are showing... With arthritis that it actually can reverse some kinds of arthritis. So I'm excited about it. One thing that's, of course, sad for me is that this stuff's expensive. Are those costs going to go down in the future?
1: That's a good question. I think that costs will have to go down once we can grow our own industrial hemp Mm -hmm. on a large scale in this country. Um, That is happening state by state. Like I said, uh, Tennessee passed legislation to legalize industrial hemp just in time for the growing season this past year. Hmm. Everything got put into place a little bit too late to get a good crop. But yeah, I think prices can go down once we have a lot of our own stock in this country, but it's a very labor-intensive process to extract that one cannabinoid and concentrate it, and that, that is actually part of the expense. But yeah, once the supply is there, it has to come down.
0: It's interesting to think that at the turn of the century, we were growing our own hemp here in the United States, Mm -hmm, right, for rope. And there are the stories of the first American flags were made out of what? Hemp. Hemp, right. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, we stopped being allowed to grow hemp in the United States. And now it is, in many states, it has been for many, many years – illegal to grow hemp. So we're importing this hemp from China or from Asia, let's just say, and from Canada. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if I think about the fact that we would, instead of growing our own hemp here and employing Americans, we would import hemp from Canada. When I think about that, that for me is just like the perfect example of how we just have things so ass backwards here, mm-hmm. or so bass backwards. What is it? We we just have things backwards here in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I can get furious about it, and then and uh, I need to calm myself down. But it, this is something that now, after all of this time, some powers that be in Washington D.C., you know, where all the intellectuals hang out, right? Some powers that be are saying, okay, well. Yeah, now you guys can grow hemp again. The same hemp that you were not allowed to grow for the past, what, 80 years? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Like What's going on? Can you explain that, generally speaking? What's going on with that? Because I have some of my own knowledge, but maybe we can just share some of that, what we know with the listeners.
1: Well, so, you know, going back to when it was first illegalized um, it was around the time that uh, prohibition alcohol prohibition had just ended in this country there's so many theories about why hemp and marijuana were made illegal you know one of them is prohibition is good business mm-hmm. prohibition is good business since we were no longer outlawing alcohol we needed another we needed another evil hmm. substance so marijuana was made illegal and there's a lot more to that story as well and hemp sort of came along with that Hmm. because it really they're both cannabis sativa they look very similar there are differences a field of hemp grown for fiber looks like a field of corn it's planted very close together it grows very tall very skinny um, a field of marijuana, which is grown for its buds, would be planted more like tomato plants, sort of you know, separated from each other and big bushy. Mm-hmm. So you can tell the difference, but uh, so there's that idea about why it was made illegal. Another idea is that there was too much competition from hemp to other big businesses of the time, mm-hmm. paper manufacturers being mm-hmm. one of them, mm-hmm. uh, wood would be, pulp. Mm-hmm. Well, that
0: would be the timber industry, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, and that marijuana may have actually been a come-along-for-the-ride for that prohibition. Mm-hmm. It, so now it's been illegal for all of these years. It's ridiculous that hemp is illegal. Hemp should not be illegal. There is nothing psychoactive about it, but it is actually a Schedule One narcotic Mm. Um, the same as the same as marijuana
0: that would be like
1: which is a different topic right the ridiculousness of that being a schedule one narcotic as well
0: yeah so basically this miracle plant hemp that can be used to make clothing with and we know that the hemp fiber can make clothing that is just as fine as silk Mm -hmm. right and just as soft as cotton and then It's a lot less expensive to grow. It's a lot easier. It requires a lot less water to grow. It requires a lot less of everything to grow. Um, Again, it can make phenomenal fabrics, uh, you know, textiles. It can make better paper than wood pulp, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, just those two things alone right there, you know, and that doesn't even get into the food from the seeds you know that you can make bread from the seeds and the oil that you can get that's nutritious, but also oil that you can use instead of olive oil or whatever. All of these things that you can get from the plant, and many, many more, in addition to the CBDs we're talking about now that are helping out people that have seizures and people that have lots of physical pain. All of these things, you know, to schedule that is like what you call it?
1: They're Schedule One. Schedule narcotics. One, right? There are narcotics. Schedules the DEA. Are they, has.
0: they are they in there with cocaine and?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're in there with
0: go. So basically they'd be like saying rope, hemp rope is just as dangerous as cocaine. I mean, it's very clearly BS, right?
1: To be clear, hemp rope would not be considered a narcotic. <laughs> right. So, well, I mean, and, and, <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little silly to even have to say that. But the interesting thing that happened with the legalization of growing hemp in Tennessee was that the seeds, the viable seeds that had to be imported... hmm are considered a Schedule One narcotic because they are viable seeds that can grow the hemp plant.
0: Wow. The seeds are considered a narcotic.
1: Yeah, they are considered that way by the DEA. So in order for the seeds to come into Tennessee, the uh, Tennessee Department of Agriculture had apply- to apply for a permit with the DEA hmm. to import and store a Schedule One narcotic. Hmm. <laughs> and hmm. they had to go uh, jump through all of these hoops, which is why it took so long into the growing season for them to actually be able to get it into the ground um Mm. so the 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 products that the fiber itself the oil uh seed that has been sterilized those things can be imported into this country without the DEA being involved and and they have been imported for a long time but it's the the seeds that are that are viable that are the that right. are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: but now they've let seeds come in that have been sterilized, you say. Basically, those are seeds that have gone through some kind of process where they can no longer grow anything, but they can be used...
1: For food. For food. And to be pressed for oil. To that be pressed kind of for oil. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: this is craziness. Yeah. Wow, this is, really, this is really amazing.
1: I actually want to go back to... You had brought something up earlier that, that is really important and, and I find really interesting. You said you were very surprised... That I could sell CBD products in my store Yes,
0: yes, I was not aware of that.
1: well, and and there is so much confusion around this issue because high CBD oil can either be made from marijuana mm-hmm. or it can be made from industrial hemp. Hmm. high C- and, and they they're called the same thing. okay so high CBD oil from marijuana is a medical, uh, extraction of marijuana that contains both CBD and THC. Okay. Uh, but they call it high CBD because the levels of CBD are, are elevated. Okay. That is not legal to sell unless it is a, a legal state. I see. Um, if, if the CBD is extracted from industrial hemp, then there is no THC, and therefore it is legal to sell and purchase In all 50 states.
0: Okay, I think that's where I was unclear.
1: Yeah, that's where I I was actually unclear too. It's a very unclear area because there's no distinction between what they call high CBD oil from marijuana, high CBD oil from industrial hemp.
0: Got it. Okay, yeah. Man, it's funny because, you know, when I first started learning about this, it was by way of my other podcast, Bitcoins and Gravy, which I'm on a long hiatus from. And I interviewed a guy named Kevin McKernan, who is a brilliant guy who started out on the human genome project with the u.s government and then found out wow i'm on the wrong side (laughs) as as he looked into what was going on with patents and all this weird stuff that goes on but anyway so he's mapping the genome for cannabis plants and all of this stuff but i learned from him that there was this strain that had been created by these brothers there i believe in denver and the strain was called uh charlotte's Mm -hmm. web yeah right they came up with that for who
1: Charlotte's Web is a medicinal um, strain of marijuana. It's used by um, children with seizures, and it's a strain that tries to balance the the CBD and THC levels um, because, as is true of so many things, the whole plant medicine is so much better than just an extraction of one or the other.
0: Mm -hmm. So these guys that developed this strain, they developed it, for this little girl who had seizures. And I don't know how old she was, eight, And her parents, of course, did not want her smoking this. So they came up with uh, basically a capsule that she could take. And this strain, I believe, will not get you high. There's not enough THC in it to get you high, but it will stop the seizures. And the reason that was so important for her and for her parents was because her doctors had her on all of these drugs that you know, especially with a young person, these drugs are so hard on the body, so hard on the liver and the kidneys yeah. and everything else, not just in terms of the potential for long-term damage, but in terms of quality of life as you you know, need to get some sleep, you need to go to school, you need to be able to concentrate to study. And then there's the whole issue of what do these drugs cost and is insurance going to cover it and all of this. So mm-hmm. it's exciting to think about a future where you have American farmers growing hemp and textiles made in America, using American hemp, new products that are developed that we don't even have yet, making sales for sailboats. I do know this, that hemp can really be an amazing cash crop here in the United States. And this is, again, as we mentioned, as Kim mentioned, this is a completely different subject from marijuana as a cash crop, as we're seeing in Colorado, as we're seeing in California, right?
1: It really is. And something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that for a long time, hemp advocacy and marijuana advocacy were were sort of hand in hand. But the reality of the situation is that if they're grown in proximity with each other, you'll ruin your marijuana crop Hmm. because of cross-pollination. Oh, interesting. So what that cannabis plant wants to do naturally is sort of revert to its natural state of being in a balanced CBD THC state.
0: (laughs) This portion of East Nashville Now is brought to you by our good friends at MoonshineBootWax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. The Nashville Wax Company is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a non-profit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. Together with community food advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. Pick up a tin today at moonshinebootwax.com.
1: I think that should be in there.
0: What, the sound of the yeah. opening Guinness? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. We're leaving the sound of the opening Guinness yes. in there. Cheers. It's okay to drink Guinness. <laughs> Just don't drink too many of them. And of course, wait till you're over 21.
1: Exactly. And don't have it for breakfast.
0: Mm-mm. No, no, don't do that.
1: So, one really interesting thing about hemp as an agricultural crop is that. It does not require the same inputs that a lot of other fiber crops, for instance, have. What do you mean by inputs? Well, it doesn't use nearly as much water. It can be grown in a wide variety of soil types and climates. It doesn't have any natural pests, so you don't need to spray it with pesticides. I see. The way it grows, it tends to both shade out competing plants And when it's grown for its fiber, it's left standing in the field until all of the leaves fall off, which adds uh, organic matter to the soil, fertilizing the soil, and further shielding that field from having other plants grow up in it so it doesn't Hmm. require the herbicides that other crops do.
0: Nice. So Um, it's bad news for Monsanto.
1: Totally. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so even if hemp doesn't have an organic certified organic label on it, you can pretty much feel good about the fact that it was grown pretty naturally because nobody is going to use the expensive pesticides and herbicides and all of those things if they don't need them.
0: Wow, those are things I didn't know about Mm -hmm. hemp. I mean, I do think of hemp as um, the miracle plant. And I, I have to say that I have really, I have like an ongoing bone to pick with the people in the marijuana world. And the reason I say that is because I think that years ago, this, you know, push for medical marijuana, I think it's important. Obviously, there are some very specific things that people are helped with. Uh, A family friend some years back was not doing well. She was dying, in fact, and she asked for some marijuana she was older she was not the kind of person that had ever smoked marijuana or that ever would but she asked for some because she had heard that it stimulates the appetite and the drugs that they had her on in the chemo and everything had destroyed her appetite to the point where she just Mm. didn't care at all Mm -hmm. about eating just as one example right then there are people that have glaucoma and marijuana helps with that. So medical marijuana is so very important. And of course, that's not what we're talking about because Mm -hmm. that's not anything to do with what you do at your store, Hempopotamus. My beef is that I think if you were to give the planet and all the people on the planet the choice, you can only have one. You can either have hemp or you can have medical marijuana. Mm. I think that the world and the people would be wisest to choose hemp. And I say that because really what's best for the world and what's best for the people of the world in terms of sustainability is to use hemp. Are the pressing needs of those people who need medical marijuana, are those as important? You know, this is apples and oranges. For me to even say this is probably going to piss some people off, but I just think that really for the health and the benefit of the world and for people, the bigger, more important issue should be hemp, not medical marijuana. And I feel like the whole hemp initiative has been overshadowed to such an extent that there are some people who still will push for medical marijuana and completely disregard the importance of hemp and some of the valuable things like CBDs that can come from hemp.
1: I think it goes without saying it's ridiculous that we have to be having this conversation. Why should we have to do without either one of these plants? And that brings me to my other point. When I say either one of these plants, it's the same plant. Well, it is Um, and it isn't. Well, it's the same plant that has genetic differences. They're both cannabis sativa. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has genetic differences that that either increase or reduce the amount of THC Mm -hmm. in the plant. Mm -hmm. Um, Industrial hemp is defined by the level of THC, Mm -hmm. which is below 0.3%, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, What that plant wants to do, if left to its own devices, is revert to its natural state, which is a more balanced cannabinoid spectrum. Hmm. You will have a more balanced THC and CBD. If you take an industrial hemp crop and you keep saving the seeds and replanting those seeds every year, eventually the THC level is going to creep up because it's trying to revert to its natural state.
0: It's interesting.
1: Um, So it's not really a one or the other thing. Think about tomatoes. It's a little bit like tomatoes. So you Mm -hmm. have It's exactly the same plant, but you have cherry tomatoes, you have beefsteak tomatoes. Mm -hmm. We have just bred it for different purposes, and I think that's the situation with cannabis as well.
0: Those are really good points that you make. A lot of the people that I've known throughout my years, and I used to know some serious hippies, and I used to kind of be a hippie myself back in the good old days, there seems to have always been this push for let's have recreational marijuana that we can use and that we can enjoy As much as we want to and not have any governmental restrictions on that, I think that that's the way that it actually should be. But again, I think in emphasizing that and in pushing for that, for a lot of people, that's really been at the core of what they want. They want to be able to kick back and get stoned and do that without somebody coming around and arresting them. And I think that they should be able to and I think countries where that is legal, you do see a lot fewer problems. For one thing, you don't see as many street deals where you have people out on the streets dealing and it's dangerous. You also don't see so much organized crime. Mm -hmm. You also don't see so many drug cartels importing and exporting marijuana in and out of the country. So the war on drugs, again, I'll say it as often as it comes up, it's been a really bad deal for this country. And I would encourage anybody who disagrees with that to do a little more reading on it and not just rely on what your television says
1: when you add to that mix the for-profit private prison system Mm. in this country yeah it is a self-feeding cycle absolutely um There is profit to be made from keeping marijuana illegal.
0: Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, cops are not supposed to be able to walk up to a person and tell them to put their hands behind their back and start searching through their pockets. They're not supposed to be able to do that. But now they can. Now they can because if they have probable cause, Mm -hmm. and probable cause can be anything. The police officer can say, I smelled marijuana. Someone pointed them out as someone who was smoking a joint. Probable cause could be anything, and then they can search you, which it used to be. That was completely illegal. You cannot just walk up to a person standing on the side of the road or walking around, whatever, and search them. That should be, and I hope at some point in the future, that will be considered illegal yeah. again. Mm-hmm.
1: Back to your beef with the medical marijuana people. That is actually why I ended up opening my store, because, and why in the very beginning, I had a very Hard line. I did not get involved with NORMAL, which is the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, mm-hmm. even though that is also something that's very important to me. I did not do that. I had made no public statements about it because they are two very, very separate issues, two important and very separate issues. Mm-hmm. And I felt like people needed to see a, a whole room full of lovely, innocent, helpful, healthy hemp. <laughs> -hmm. All the H's products. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? I love your shop. I mean, it is one of the coziest, cutest most nicely decorated shops oh, in thanks. all of Nashville. It really is. And listeners, if you have not been into hemp yet, you've got to go in. Also, Kim is very good using her hands. She makes some really interesting things that she has in the shop. You make, Don't you make some necklaces and things that you have in there? I make all the jewelry in the okay. store. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice stuff. And you, of course, you use hemp in some of those, right?
1: I do. I do. I use uh, a lot of hemp. I have a very cool product called Hemp Wick, which is uh, organic hemp twine soaked in organic beeswax. People use that to light their fine cigars or whatever they want to light because they don't want the flavor of butane or sulfur. Well, it turns out that's also a very nice sculptural material. Hmm. So I use that to make jewelry. I also make jewelry out of copper Um, There are a lot of things other than hemp in the store as well, but that's sort of the theme that ties everything together.
0: I see. You know, I think that in going that route, when you talk about, you know, having the nice store and having the hemp and showing people, hey, this is just really good stuff. There's nothing dangerous about it. It has nothing to do with drugs or marijuana or anything that's classified by the government these are just really good products and a lot of it's grown from the earth i think that's fantastic i'd still have to put in one more little thing and i probably shouldn't about my beef about (laughs) (laughs) about marijuana about recreational marijuana is if you talk to a young person you often hear this they'll say marijuana is safer than alcohol Alcohol causes a lot more problems and deaths and alcohol-related accidents and all these other things. And marijuana has never caused a problem in the world. Well, Mm. young people, if you're listening, that's false. And I'll tell you two reasons why there is a danger. Parents who are adamantly opposed to marijuana, I'm sure you'll really appreciate me saying this, but I'm not saying it for any other reason except that it's a fact. One of those facts to begin with is that smoking marijuana on a regular basis will stop a human brain from reaching the deepest REM sleep that you can. That's just a fact. That's already been studied. That's what's going on. So if you smoke marijuana every single day, you will not get the deep REM sleep that your body needs. We don't really know what dreams and sleeping are. We don't really know what REM is, but we believe the best minds in the world believe that it's something akin to defragging your computer. That if you don't do that, your computer, your brain will start to act a little bit wacky. It yeah. won't act the way that it should, and it won't be able to perform at an optimum level, regardless of what you're into, sports or music or art or whatever, school, whatever. It will not be able to perform at an optimum level. The other thing, and I have to tell this story, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable for me to tell this from personal experience, is years ago... I was at a party, It was in college, and I'd had a little bit too much to drink, but I felt okay. Foolishly, I was going to drive my car home, okay? Well, before I left, my friend said, hey, you want to smoke a joint? I said, yeah, that sounds great. Well, I smoked the joint, and I remember getting in the car, and that's all I remember. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, if you combine marijuana with alcohol, you really can have a very different effect than if you smoke that marijuana separately or drink separately combining those two creates something that can be very powerful and can be very dangerous I'm off my soapbox
1: Whew, that is all true <laughs> thank you for the good reminders and especially never to get behind the wheel after yes, you've been doing any of those things. Absolutely. There's um, no
0: point, you know, now with Uber and Lyft and friends and family and walking and bicycles, there's absolutely no reason ever to definitely. get behind the wheel. Can I give drinking. my
1: Lyft code right now?
0: Oh, are you, oh you're Oh, you a Lyft driver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I forgot that. Yeah, can <laughs> I you? I
1: actually don't have my code with me. I oh, man. This.
0: Oh, this is Darn crazy. It. Do you have a way to access it or call somebody <sighs> or something? No, my phone is dead. Can you get it... Uh, If I go online, can you get it somehow?
1: (laughs) Possibly. That would be great. Uh, But I want to get you back to hemp for a second. If
0: people come into hempopotamus, they can get your lift code?
1: Absolutely. And that's always good for some promotional thing. $10 off uh, Mm, your first ride or it's constantly changing, but there's always a promotional advantage. But I want to get you back to hemp here because this is my job. Along the same lines, CBD has a mitigating effect on the effects of THC.
0: Oh, yes, I've read this. It's
1: so fascinating to me. So where uh, if you have ever smoked marijuana before, especially these days where the THC level is so, so high, um, you'll find yourself getting a little uh, paranoid, a little anxious. I'm I'm sure anyone who has smoked marijuana has had that effect at one time or another. CBD has anti-anxiety effects. It's a balanced beautiful little ecosystem within this, within this plant. And when we, you know, when we breed this plant to have really high levels of THC and really low levels of CBD, um, it's not in its natural state. So, um, just something to think about.
0: Hearing you say that it's fair to say that some of these strains of marijuana that have been, you know, created specifically for high, high, high levels of THC, Mm In doing so and leaving out the CBDs, they're missing out on a lot of the basic health benefits of smoking that or taking that. Is that right? I
1: I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Wow. And you and we don't even we like I said we've only identified about sixty cannabinoids in cannabis. Um, so you know, and we're not measuring those uh, in these strains of of marijuana that are very high in THC. We don't. We really don't know how we're altering the cannabinoids in the plant when we breed just for THC level. Hmm. We don't know.
0: Wow. That's heavy stuff. Now, you know, I don't want the listeners to feel like we've gone so far away from hemp that we're, you know, this is a, podcast about marijuana because it's really not. I don't I, I don't feel like we've gone that way. I just feel like, you know, I had to get on my soapbox for a minute. And then you were explaining some specific things that I think a lot of listeners probably didn't know. So I think that's been some great information. But let's get back to hemp and hempopotamus. And let me ask you, how long have you been in business over there?
1: Uh, as of two days ago, it was two years.
0: Two days ago, it was mm-hmm. two years. That's cool. And you've got some great little neighbor's right around there on the shops on fatherland Dottie's just down the way with um what's her bead place called
1: red dog beads she's red my dog. next door neighbor yeah red dog and beads a I love lot that shop. Of my jewelry uh features dotty's products okay yeah that's she's, a great little store you got you got to go see dotty
0: what other little stores around there we're trying to lure people to that area oh, yeah. that don't know about it's, it because it's a great so area many great
1: things there's uh on my little aisle there there's moxie oh yeah full of beautiful home furnishings fun things nutmeg uh is a um sewing craft fabric store okay yeah. and then the uh red dog beads rusty rats is a really fun vintage um kind of shop uh the guys that own it are prop folks for the show nashville okay um next door to them fabulous chocolate chocolate fx uh, oh, gosh. Am I going to list all the stores Are all great? I'm going to miss somebody.
0: Oh, there's the... Baxter
1: uh, Bailey, the doggy store. There's the tea place. A Oh, High Garden Teas. High Garden
0: Teas. Mm, Love that place.
1: Wonderful. Great restaurants over there now. Far East Vietnamese restaurant. One of my favorite restaurants in Nashville is right there. Local Taco. Um, the uh, What's that new uh, gluten-free restaurant? Amot. Oh, Amot. A matter of taste. A matter of taste. I have not even there. Casually as Amot.
0: Amot. And I love uh, Mark's store, Thrive. Mm
1: -hmm. Thrive. Nancy, be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Kim, it has been great having you on the show. And if you would, before we go, please tell our listeners the best way that they can find you online. And then tell us once again after that how they can find you there in your brick and mortar, your beautiful little shop there on Fatherland.
1: Oh, thanks. My shop is on 11th and Fatherland, and the shop's on Fatherland. Online, you can find me at www.hempopotamus.com. Also on Facebook, search Hempopotamus on Facebook, and come see me sometime.
0: Well, hey, it's been great having you on the show, and thank you again for bringing the phenomenal flax crackers and the cheese, and also for bringing the products, the shampoo, the conditioner, and the body wash.
1: You are so welcome.
0: Yeah, I will definitely utilize those. I really appreciate it. And um, I think we should do this again, and I think that you have some friends that have additional knowledge about hemp. And I think you even have a friend or two who is actually growing hemp or trying to grow hemp in Tennessee. Is that right?
1: I think it would be really interesting to talk to a farmer and somebody from the Tennessee Hemp Industries Association Hmm. um, who have so much more knowledge than I do. And and to find out what's, you know, what's happening with the farmers. They have a lot of challenges. They have a lot of things to figure out. and, And that to me is a very fascinating subject. So Yeah. I'd like to do that.
0: Yeah, I would too. Yeah, to me too. Just to think that farmers might one day just be able to freely grow hemp in every state in the United States. Kim, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great having you.
1: Thank you, John. It was my pleasure. One, two, three, one.
0: I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Kim Hussey Ross, the owner of my favorite East Nashville shop, Hempopotamus. Kim, thank you so much for all you do for East Nashville and for Mother Earth. Hempopotamus can be found on Facebook, but the better way is to go in and say hi to Kim in person. Located at the shops on Fatherland, Hempopotamus features a wide variety of gift items, including hemp-based accessories, small batch hair care, and body products made by Kim herself That's That's right, Hempopotamus, located at the shops on Fatherland 1006, Fatherland Street, Suite 208. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. The Nashville Wax Company is now offering Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover, the best way to safely and naturally remove that stubborn, sticky stuff. Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover is now available at Cumberland Hardware at 1018 Woodland Street here in East Nashville. And signing off now from East Nashville, I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. Y'all be good to each other out there, and remember to do something nice for one of your neighbors. It will make you feel good inside. I promise. Oh, good
1: boy.